Good evening. So, Jeff. Yes, sir. We haven't talked about lots of these shows we've been watching. Can I see that notebook for a second? The notebook. That's a really good movie. <laughs> Is it? No. Okay. <laughs> Do you so you have seen yeah, it? I haven't no. seen it. I so just, you don't know what it is. There's a reputation about the notebook. Right. That it's a chick flick, right? I mean I suppose. It's kind of a dated reference these days. Yes. Uh Okay, so let me think of of some shows that we haven't talked about recently. The Better Call Pl- Saul, The Good Place. Oh yeah, Better Call Saul wrapped up. Sure. Uh, Just watched the last two episodes of The Good Place, like last night and the night before. Mm-hmm. We can talk about this a little bit later, but we don't need to talk about this now. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Better Call Saul. Yes. Wow. I loved it. I mean, people, I know there are some people who are who are a little bit uh, off on this season because only like forty percent of it was the Jimmy Show. A lot of mm-hmm. it was about the Gus and and uh, Joe and and starting the yeah. construction and stuff. The Germans, though, it was there were some good stories there, but yeah. It, is it, I don't know if it's going to play through into the next season, I guess. But, like, you know, watch out for Kai. He's a troublemaker. And then... Oh, it's misdirection. Yeah. That's fine. I get it. Okay. And then, you know, the... Uh, what's his name? The main guy. Just thought he could keep pushing a little bit more, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't realize what he was getting into. Yeah. Ultimately. Uh, and when he did realize, he... Sort of what he kind of uh, it it didn't it didn't get through to him until the very end when he realized that he was dead and there is no choice in the matter. Yeah. Um, and the the you know it's it's meant to of course par- parallel it's Mike's journey downward as you mm-hmm. see yeah Jimmy's j- journey downward so mm-hmm. uh, so I mean they, they it it. Dovetails relatively nicely, but Jimmy's story was a kraken. Like it was, <laughs> it was great, uh, especially that lad. Just that last, the last line, right? And yeah, it was the, the yeah. last scene in particular. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I'm. I'm just thinking about you know. I, I put you on silent, but I guess I didn't. Um, you know, so in the middle of the season, it seemed like Kim and Jimmy were drifting away. Right, and then they get pulled back together, and that's when I was. You, you thought maybe it was a little too telegraphed, a little too obvious, but I thought you know it would be really cool if Kim took the fall for Jimmy's cons, you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but you know, you know, now it's they brought him back together for just this really quick. He's going to take to, you know all the advantage of her word and her hard work. To get him the hearing and everything, and oh, the, you know, it's just well, a I mean, big, not, that's a big con. You know, it's for him. It's just another con, right? And uh, but you know, his con was uh, based around his brother, and you know, for Kim, that was just like too close to home, too much. I think it was. Yeah, his con was his con was based around accepting his his fault in things in a certain sense and, and sort of coming to coming to a, a, a sort of a, a true moment 
a sort of opening of his soul mm-hmm. uh, about what he, you know, what he really truly wants to be. That, you know, Kim wants to use their con powers for for good, quote unquote. Even mm-hmm. though she did, in the yeah. beginning they did the thing with the with you know the the plans the for plans. The bank, yeah. right? That's, that's good for her. Right. Um, you know, it was kind of a victimless con, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, and in some sense, so was Jim, what Jimmy did. But what Jimmy mm-hmm. did was more of a betrayal of her. Yeah. yeah. Because she, just like everyone else, believed the emotional stuff. Where it was... In, and, and you could see that, like, again, I gotta say, Rhea... Um, sure. Sierra, yeah, who plays Kim, amazing. Oh no, yeah, I was I was reading some uh, articles. I think it was an interview with Vince Gilligan or something, Gilligan, Gilligan, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and it's kind of talking about like Kim's, not just the season arc, but the whole series arc, right? And they just, you know, she was just delivering on her, you know, and they wrote her bigger and bigger parts, you know, so really wasn't in the initial DNA plan. of the show, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's great because you discover yeah. things along the way, yeah. and, and you and you you build off of that. But you know what the the way her her face just sort of drops when Jimmy just said, when he goes, they bought it those suckers, and mm-hmm. um, like I can see it like the Matrix. <laughs> that's yes, yeah, and then. Uh... He gets the DBA, right? Mm-hmm. So now we get to see how he builds his empire, I guess. Yeah. How he gets out of that yellow, uh, was it Ford or whatever it is, and gets his Cadillac. DBA is uh, doing business as. Yeah. I learned that later. I didn't know that at the time. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So that, that, I mean, it was, what? Jimmy, what? It's all good, man. And then it just cuts black. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. You know, I knew what a DBA was from when I was looking at the Craft Beer Radio stuff, right? Mm. So, you know, that just made sense. Hopefully it didn't take too much away. No, no, it didn't. I mean, it was it was yeah. one of those things because of the way it was delivered in in you in context get what it meant. And if you find, you know, he said, I need a DBA. I'm not going to be doing business as mm-hmm. Jimmy McGill. In context, it totally yeah. makes sense. Oh, but okay. later you may, I mean... If you find out, I mean, I because I, I was reading stuff, right. you know, I was mm-hmm. like, that's what a DBA is. Totally makes sense, but it yeah. made sense in context too. So I'm not like complaining. Yeah, it's not always like changing your name, right? Like instead of it's doing business as you're not yeah. changing your name, yeah. you you are. You're... Well, yeah, but it's not even like a different name for yourself, right? Like I I could have done a DBA for Craft Beer Radio, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing instead of an LLC. So. You could have said probably should have. You could have said Johnny Beer. No, it doesn't have to be the person. No, DBA is just you know, um, I'm running this company as a sole proprietorship. Ah, okay. So it's not necessarily a persona or something like that. But it's the company is is then the person is then the quote unquote person who is. You can do business under that name, right? Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a name of you or, you know, a persona of you. It can mm. be the thing, your company. A lot of sole proprietorships are probably under DBA. Makes sense. Um, yeah, also, Better Cross Hall was great. Uh, the Good Place, when we, the last show we did, after 
it was it was over. We realized we didn't talk about these, and so we did, we briefly discussed yeah. them as we were packing up. And you said, "Do you feel like the good place has gone down a bit this season?" I think I think I was a little premature <laughs> saying that. I mean, I mean, there's just so many just good jokes in the thing, and then yeah, they they are you know breaking the premise regularly again, mm-hmm. which is very cool. But Jeremy Baramy was that was <laughs> that was like that was I think the the point where. You know the, the the show took off this season, mm-hmm. took its its real first like hard break, and yeah, destroyed the premise that it was building in the first four episodes, yeah. and then said, "Okay, here's where we're going now." And of course, they're going to be breaking the, this this premise that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the eye, <laughs> Jerry Berry, this broke me. Chibi <laughs> uh, <geez>, is <laughs> so good. Yeah, but you know the great thing in, about Jer- the, uh, sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The great thing about Jerry Berry was a great. It was a great way to sort of diffuse, because p- people were asking questions. You and me were asking mm-hmm. questions. You know, how mm-hmm. does time work in the afterlife? Mm-hmm. And they just come with a ridiculous answer that says, "Well, yeah, if you try to think about it, it's stupid. So <laughs> don't try." <laughs> this, this is the best way we can explain it. It's Jeremy Berry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the um, second to last episode when they're at. Um, Eleanor's mom's house, right? And then she, he's like, oh, it looks like a sexy Alex Trebek or whatever. You should have said, like, uh, a sexy, you know, Sam from Cheers or something like that. I thought it would have been a... Uh, a little, little too on the nose. A little too on the nose. Um, yeah, I guess. I, I think that uh, it was great to see Andy Daly. Andy Daly is always good. Uh, his, his delivery of, that's a great way to say something that's totally normal. <laughs> that's who the... <laughs> Okay, yeah, I, I didn't place it. That was uh, Andy Daly. Yeah, that was he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go and have. He's trying to when um. Ah, oh, Ted Danson's character, Michael. Michael was trying to describe going to the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, it, sh- it shoots out her. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a. It's a good show. Definitely watch that. Would you like to listen to uh, an honest meditation? Sure. This is uh, an honest meditation. Sit or lie comfortably, quietly. Allow yourself to be here fully in this moment. With your eyes closed, begin to connect with your inner world of thought and feeling. Just do it. Gradually, let the horseshit of the external world fade from your awareness. If you find your mind wandering to other thoughts, don't let it concern you. Just acknowledge that all that shit is fucking bullshit. You're here now, in this place, with your inner stillness. Those bitches can't get under your skin. They can't even. Take in a deep breath. Now breathe out. Just feel the fucking nonsense float away. Take full, deep breaths. Breathe in strength. Breathe out bullshit. (laughs) Allow your breathing to discover its own natural, unhurried pace. If your thoughts drift 
to the three-ring shit show of your life. Bring your attention back to your breathing. And with each breath, feel your body saying, fuck that. <laughs> with passive acceptance, just allow distracting thoughts to float by. Fuck that. With each breath you take, your thoughts become lighter. And all the soul-eating cocksuckers just fall away into nothing. Take a moment to appreciate the silence. Those assholes can't piss all over a purity like this. You are weightless, timeless, without beginning or end. Completely relaxed and free of thought. And as you slowly open your eyes, greet the world and everything in it with a new, beautiful breath of fuck that. Welcome to Yanjing King Dabo's. Oh, this is this is something different, but this it's funny. <laughs> so, did you like that? Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> you can actually meditate to it. it. Might make you giggle a little too much, though. This guy had this. This is video saying this guy is the best uh, English accent ever, and he's just demonstrating ceramic knives. Ceramic knives manufacturer company limited. Which is a specialist manufacturer and exporter of ceramic knives. We have advanced production equipment and superior technical personnel who has more than 10 years of ceramic knife making experience. Quality first and continuous innovation is our persistent aim. And we focus our attention on manufacturing and selling various kinds of novelty. Vogue and fine quality ceramic knives and components. Mm -hmm. The rockwell hardness of our ceramic knives is over 90 degree and can stand up 2 meters drop test due to its mighty intensity and toughness. All of our ceramic products are exported to Europe, which have been winning customers' appreciation all along. Currently, anyway, it goes on like that. But like they do, they do demonstrations and it's great. Important. Now let's test the sharpness of the knife together. It's very simple. First, take a piece of A4 paper, folding it into three angles, and then put it standing on the block. Usually, we can see many people use this method to test the knife's sharpness. It can, but in fact. If you use this method to test the knife, it's just like tearing the paper by hand, but not the knife. Any knives can do that. Then, how can we test it a good knife or not? Now, we put the paper standing on the block. Use the knife to cut it, softly and slowly. Okay, look, we can cut the paper so fast and so easy. Amazing! What a good knife! <laughs> <laughs> 841 this is a piece of brief this is a piece of brief if we cut like this way it can't be made to slice <laughs> I know we shouldn't be making fun but on the other hand why not
should have a little bit of proofreading and quality control. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's they're selling these knives, and the knives look, you know, when they're sharp, they they look like they're fine knives. Um, I'm sure they're quality knives, but it's, just, it's really interesting. They get somebody who obviously does not have a very good way. I mean, can't he probably pitched the company on like, oh, I have the best English. <laughs> Right? They probably thought they bought a good product, you know? Well, it reminds me of... So I was watching... There's another video I have it on here on, in, in this favorites list that, that um, it's interesting. Like, I thought we could actually discuss it, but they, 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 picked yeah. the, they picked the worst, I think, the worst guy to do the voiceover, so it makes it sound really cheesy. These are 19 simple psychological tricks that actually work. Nineteen simple psychological tricks that actually work. There are all kinds of fancy books on neuro. This sounds already like Nickelodeon, like announcer type guy. Mm-hmm. Next on Double Dare, neurolinguistic programming and psychology that can help professionals get what they want from others. <laughs> but there are also much simpler yet just as effective methods that anyone can use on a daily basis. Here are nineteen of them. Be sure to subscribe and ring that notification bell to join us on the bright side of life. One. One. Never start your request with the words, could you? It can cause the other person to subconsciously assume that this is a theoretical question. For example, avoid questions like, could you call the neighbors? Because the answer yes can mean, yes, I theoretically could, but I didn't agree to it. Sure, could is polite but it's better to rephrase your request to please call the neighbors if you want to be sure that it'll be fulfilled. Two. Like that's, I mean, honestly, like that's a simple thing, but who in your work environment would say, yes, I could, but mean, no, I'm not. Well, I, I think that that's, that, that's another thing is, is they, they present it as a work environment thing, but I think it's much more mm-hmm. of a person you meet on the street. Yeah. If you need somebody like, could you call nine one one versus please call nine one one? Well, sure. It, yeah, you know it's. But I don't think it, I don't know. There's probably. Uh... Yeah, but the the example he showed where someone's like, "I could, but I ain't gonna do it." Right? <laughs> like, yeah. No one's gonna that, say that's... yes. No one's gonna. No one in American English is going to say <laughs> yes. But I'm not going to. Unless someone's taking the piss out of you. Yeah. Right. But but that's, you know, that's not what this is for. Mm-hmm. This is for, it, I mean, you, we'll, we'll, go, we'll get to it. If you ever want to make someone feel uncomfortable, look at the middle of their forehead during the conversation. Most people say it makes them feel like they're under scrutiny, which, of course doesn't exactly make a person relax. <laughs> Not sure why you'd want to do this to others, but who knows? The situation may arise. Okay, so, I mean, that's interesting, but the way it was presented, kind of like, <laughs> you may... I don't know, if we're both doing it, it might... <laughs> we're both doing it, the other person's yeah, for it. So, all right. Three. If someone you're talking to is trying to avoid answering a question, just make a pause in the conversation while still keeping eye contact. They'll feel uncomfortable and, thus, will keep talking. Chances are they'll give you more details about the issue you're interested in. They may even start telling you the truth, 
if they were lying, since they'll believe that your silence and your look are signs that you already know the real facts. See, like, I, that makes sense. And that, that sounds like a good thing. But the way it was presented in, like, a, in the voice and everything, just, like, if it was just done with somebody more clinically mm-hmm. talking about it, yeah. I think at least um, to me, it would have sounded more authoritarian. But, but I get what he's saying, especially since I felt that. Mm-hmm. And I know, and just, you know, like... I've felt that where somebody is paused and you think, uh-oh, are they on to me? Or what do they know? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you can see how you can use that as sort of a a way to pull stuff out of people. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to use it when I bought the car. But, you know, you're dealing with a pro negotiator there. So it wasn't as success- nearly as successful as I had hoped. Mm-hmm. We have another thing for negotiation later on in here. Four. Let's say you've started a new job or school. If you want someone in the office or class to like you, just ask them to explain something to you. It doesn't matter if you know the answer or not. This will improve the other person's overall attitude towards you and earn you some extra brownie points. I think this was uh, one of Ben Franklin's tricks. Okay. He always, he, he would he would either ask me to explain something or, or get somebody to do something for him. For, for whatever reason, that ingratiates you to the person. <clears throat> Like, even if it's like, mm-hmm. oh, could you get me a glass of water or something like that? Just asking them yeah. for that, even if you're new, they'll feel more like they're willing to help you. Okay. Weird psychological trick. Yeah, I get the explain something to me. The go get me water doesn't seem like it would be the right? same. Right? It doesn't seem like it, yeah. but apparently it works. Okay. Uh, but I think that the explains like could, could could you show me where the coffee machine is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it, if, it, <laughs> they're the new person and you're asking. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be funny because it's so ridiculous. So I've been here for eight years. Can you show me where the coffee machine is? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're saying if you're the new person. Oh. Okay. If you're the new person. Oh, okay. I thought it was for new people. I think no. it would work. It would work that way too, though. Especially the explain part, right? You well, know, like, you have a new hire, right? You know, and they assume you know everything. They're the newbie that knows almost nothing. Mm-hmm. If you can get them to explain something to you. Oh yeah, right, no that, right. that that that's true. Like for example, um, we did we did this thing at SimpleView where uh, they did this buddy program. Uh, and I was a buddy for uh, one of our new hires, and um, he's a chess guy, and so I had him sort of explain to me like mm-hmm. little some details about chess. I mean, it's sort of interesting. I'm not a chess guy, uh, right. but just yeah, but being like yeah, just tell me about it. You know, give me some you know because that opens up, and and he thinks he's opening it up to you. It opens up, and you you are hearing stuff from him. You get the conversation mm-hmm. going. Even if you don't care, it's fine. Right. Five. When asking a question that you want an affirmative answer to, try to nod subtly as you make your request. This trick is often used by restaurant employees to make guests buy more food, and it's pretty effective. Six. And it's pretty effective. Like, I think these are interesting. 
But I just but in the the voice and stuff annoys the hell out of me, yeah. and, and the music. If a person is really concentrated on a task, let's say they're in the middle of a serious phone conversation, you can extend your hand to them and get anything they're holding at the moment. They might not even remember later on. The trick works the other way around too. You can give them something as you're talking to them, and they won't even notice. Pretty helpful when you're cleaning up or moving to a new house. <laughs> it's find a guy who's deep in conversations that I can give him a box of shit for my house. <laughs> I have noticed that though, if you're deep in conversation, uh-huh. just hands like and, and you've done it on the show, like you're pouring something, mm-hmm. yeah. I can reach over and you know, you'll yeah. give me something and you won't even remember that you're giving me something. <laughs> it's 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 this weird thing because yeah. you know, it's it's this, it's that same thing. Uh, I think it's it's the same a way that you know that video of you're counting the amount of basketballs that somebody's bounce and there's a monkey in the background the and you don't notice yeah. the gorilla because you're too focused on mm-hmm. on the task at hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to keep going or you want to watch uh, some beer? Uh. So okay. So I get it. You're sick of this. Um. I mean, they're interesting. I don't know how much. Yeah. The the listeners at home. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about? I I noticed there are no double pendulums. No, not yet. I'll get to it. Pendulum is a good way to uh, disprove flat earthers if they oh. ever come at you with because because I I have not been like on flat Earth boards because I after after doing that religion thing for a while now <laughs> I'm I'm gone I'm past the point of arguing about it because it's first it, first of all it's nonsensical second of all the more I I've said this before but the more I study science stuff like that the less I think there is a difference between religion and science on 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 the on the ultimate sort of scale on ultimate levels mm. when you get that deep you're you're starting to get into very tenuous ground anyway philosophically so uh, I, I don't think there's that much difference but the flat earth thing is is there's it's obvious but still one of the things that 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 I've heard from some of these videos is people, the flat earth community say that there is no gravity is just density. Okay. So what we notice is dense things dropping in, in fluid. And that, that's why certain things drop and certain things rise. Okay. Now there's no explanation for why that happens, but the only reason why that happens, of course, is gravity. But they don't. Yeah, they don't go that far. But you could simply ask them, "How come a pendulum of some length l has the same period regardless of the mass or the density of that mass?" Okay, how's that burn them so good? Well, if it's if it's a matter of density, okay, then the heavier object or the more dense object should not have the same period as a lighter object. By period, I mean it's, okay. it's yeah. the length of its swing. Because the, the, the formula is uh, the time is equal to uh, 2 pi, right? Because it's half right. a circle, uh, times the square root of the length over the uh, little g. I'm sure the acceleration people, due to gravity. I'm sure um, the people claiming that things fall because they're denser don't have mathematical formulas. Right. That. No, but but... If you, but 
because you can you can look at this and see okay here here like the mass of the pendulum doesn't play a role here the length of the string two pi it's half a circle right, but you're showing them an and equation no 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 i'm showing you the equation okay and the other the other factor is little g the acceleration due to gravity so the mass doesn't play a role, neither does the density, nor does anything else. Whereas they would say that a denser object would is heavier, and therefore it feels feels more dense. So the period of a pendulum should be different. Okay. With different masses. I, I don't follow. I think you're trying to prescribe too much rationalism, rationalism <laughs> to uh, what they're doing. Well, yes, of course. It, it's just one of those things that it's like there are so many... I said it before. The something, the the weird thing about the flat Earth community is that these are not dumb people that do this. These are these are people who are, on some level, they're clever enough to to think they to to think around certain things. Like dumb, like the the people who you would think of as quote unquote dumb would just take anything you say and not care. These are people who think they have thought outside the box and found something. Uh, and th- the fact that they found it means that th- they found this thing also means that they're very defensive about it. So you're not going to be able to like convince them right away about certain things. But what you can do is you can show somebody else why they're wrong or explain why these people are wrong or use that as an example for, okay, like... Here's when you're teaching someone something about some other concept, you can show, look, it, you know, the flat earthers, crazy, you know, whatever side of the earth they may be, they, they, they can't explain this phenomena. We can explain this phenomena very, very directly, and let's show you how. I, I don't know. There's, okay. it's just, it, it's one of those things where it's like, the the best way to take advantage of, the, of of this phenomenon of flat earthers is to use it to teach non flat earthers. <laughs> use it. I mean, it, it, it's interesting to me. Like, yeah, you, you you complain about the math, but the interesting about the interesting thing about math. What I love about math, what I find so appealing about math, is it's this sort of scaffolding we've placed on the universe. That therefore, oh, we can right. But when you're talking to, I mean, flat earthers don't think the world is a sphere because they can't see it. Just because there's numbers written on a page, how are they going to relate that to something that could be physically true if they don't believe the thing they're standing on could be a sphere? Right. I mean, no. How, how would they? How in the world would they trust numbers if they don't? Well. Uh, as, as I also heard in one other thing, you know, if you ask a flat earther where they learn about density and this stuff, they say they learned it in school, and say, "Well, didn't you also learn in school that the the, the Earth was a globe?" Well, the school is all lies. Well, then where did you learn about the flat Earth? Oh, I learned about it on YouTube, on this great video. Well, didn't you see all the YouTube videos debunking that? No, 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 those are fake. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the yeah. logic is oh, yeah. is completely faulty any way you, you, you throw it, you're not going to convince a flat earther with logic because you can't you can't you can't rationally convince somebody out of things that they got into irrationally. Yeah. So before we go to the post or the main show, um 
you know, Daryl Metcalf was up for re-election, and I was trying to get people to vote for Daniel Smith Jr. He lost the um, district by about 4,000 votes, but better showing than people have had lately. Uh, Cranberry West 6, where I live, he won by three votes. Oh. He's the only precinct that he actually won. <laughs> oh, okay, well. So. Cool. My neighbors aren't as much asshole as I thought. <laughs> or some of them aren't. Some I mean, at least, at least you're... And his behavior has been yes. abhorrent. Yes. And he still gets reelected. Well, and I now, mean, and now he will get a full pension so he can retire. So, I, I that, that's that's fine. I, 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 honestly, that's not to me a problem because I think that people deserve to to have the ability. I mean, even, even if they're fucking dicks who I hate, <laughs> I don't. I don't think that they should be denied. Uh, basic income and stuff like that. So, okay. <clears throat> I don't think it's rewarding him to to give to to allow him to to draw eighty thousand dollars a year from the state. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's, it's what it, it's yeah. I, I think you can't. Be picky about things like that. Okay. It's only if you if you're in Congress state state house for twenty years, right? So now this this term will put him over twenty years. So that's why he gets to draw the full pension. So he's been there a long time, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. give him his rewards. But uh... I mean, like I think that pensions are are a lot more stable, at least in in some cases. A lot they're more stable than uh, stock market plans. If if you're Especially if you're not a rich person. Uh, Except that the state doesn't have enough money to fund its pension. (laughs) Yeah, right. So So we're paying for this anyway. Uh, It's a a real problem. I mean, like, I was having this argument with my my father about pensions versus uh, um, 401ks, right? Now, 401ks... And and he made the argument, and I think a, a rightful argument is four hundred one k that the pensions are failing, and four hundred one k's aren't are not. But I also but I made the argument that pensions would be available to everybody if it was a big, you know, if, if it was everywhere. Whereas four hundred one k's are really only available to especially privileged people who have. I mean, like you can't go to McDonald's and get a pen, get a four hundred one k. Yeah. The. Um... He said, there, was, there was a story. He agreed with me. I mean, yeah, there was a story the other day about because yeah, it's like the 40th birth anniversary of pensions. Or, oh, I'm sorry, the 401k, 40th anniversary of 401k, and uh, you know the pension structure was getting stretched because people were living longer in retirement, and uh, they're getting they were getting top heavy. So, you know, the argument they were trying they're discussing whether 401k 401k killed pensions or not, and there was other things that were killing pensions and 401k was just you know came along around that time where pensions really started you know suffering but it didn't really affect it um directly is is kind of what the people were saying i think i I read somewhere i'm not sure I, i can't verify this is true but the guy who was the primary like guy behind 401ks is now sorry that he did it because he thinks it it took a lot of of wealth away from uh, he was on the radio, and he didn't sound sorry. Oh, okay. 
So, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, the guy they call the father of the 401k found the thing in the tax law and whatever. But, um, so if we're talking about the same guy, you know, he wasn't, uh, I wouldn't say he was sorry, but maybe there is another guy. Maybe there is another guy. Anyway, um, enormous amount of wealth disparity in this country right now. And so that makes all the whole, the whole thing even sillier in some sense, because 80 grand seems like a lot to us, but then there's a whole strata of people where Mm -hmm. that is nothing. Sure. Or that's there's a whole bunch of people below us where it'll take them multiple years to get to eighty grand. Right, so. yeah. But but they are a lot closer to us than we are to the people who yeah. are on the strata. Yeah. Much, yeah. much closer. Orders of magnitude closer. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. On to the show. On to it.